Hey, welcome back, everybody. It welcome is back, everybody. the Chips and Bits podcast, your Chips favorite video podcast. game podcast. Your favorite video game podcast. I'm your host this month, Matthew Anderson, and with me across the digital airwaves is... Kenny. Kenny Myers. Myers. That's him. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we, needed, uh, we needed to do something fun this month. Not, not just for us, uh, you know. Uh, for America. But for, for, for all of you listeners out for there. For freedom. That's what we thought in all these times, that the best thing we could do to contribute was play fucking video games. Yeah, that's what we thought. So, um, yeah, so we decided to play a game that was asked. How do you say that? It was requested. It was requested by one of our Patreons. Not all heroes wear capes. So, with that being said, without further ado, Alex. Alex, this one's for you. That's a break. I put a break in there for you. See? Yeah. yeah it works better if you don't say that was a break. I figure it out, you know? So this, I month, mean, I may say it's a break because ugh. I apply other rules to people that I don't follow myself. This month we're playing Dishonored 2. Well, we played it. We're going to podcast about it. Yeah. It's beaten. It is. It has, as, been, as, it's been as, as has been explicitly made clear to you, Matthew, a game must be beaten. Uh, you can't just have played it. Nope. It's been beaten. Yes. Yes. It's been completed. Uh, before we jump into it, uh, I want to make sure we go through our housekeeping notes. As always, we would appreciate an iTunes review. Hop on over there and give us a, however many stars you think this podcast is worthy of. If you really like the podcast, then just like Alex, you can become a Patreon. The link to our Patreon is on our website, which is chips-and-bits.com. We've also got, you know, Facebook and Twitters and SoundClouds and all that jazz, and that's on the website as well. I'm adding a new uh, footnote to the housekeeping notes this month, and that is uh, please wear a mask. Also, Black Lives Matter. If you don't like either of those, just don't listen to our podcast. And with that... Dishonored 2. Yes, Dishonored 2. What did you think, Kenny? Uh, remind me which game is Dishonored 2 again. Dishonored 2 is that game you played a while back. A while is, back. It is the sequel to Dishonored, the first one. The other one I played even further back than when you played the first one. Yes, it is a first-person um, game that you can either play as a well-tooled assassin with weapons and be very, very uh, violent, or you can play it completely stealth where you don't even kill people, or if you even encounter them at all, you just put them to sleep. Uh, or in this particular instance, you can actually play as two different characters. You can. In the first one you played as, I can never remember his name, Cor Corvo. Corvo, yeah. Uh, you can play either as Corvo, or you can play as his daughter, Emily. And of course, because we're so good at this, we both picked the same thing. I don't know if we did. I haven't yeah, talked we to picked Emily. Oh, yeah. You told I, me. Pick, I picked Emily. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, we picked the same one. Like always. Yeah, this isn't a secret. We talked about it. Yeah. Well, I didn't know this would have been a podcast game. Otherwise, I, otherwise I would have done my trick. Got it. Which is, what would I do? Don't do that. Because right. that's what Matt's going to do. So, do you remember which game we were but talking about? But it's very now? important, Matt, when we talk about this rule, that you don't get it in your head to try that rule. Because it'll we'll just end up back in the same place. Well, I'll, I'm just going to pick it up then and run with it here. We'll, we'll see if I can refresh your memory. Thank you. So I, I I believe both of us, if I remember correctly, really enjoyed the first game. And I would say that for the most part, this game is better, uh, at least slightly better, if not in some cases much better, in almost every capacity than, than the first game. It's, uh, it's, it's very good in lots of ways. However, I'll caveat that with I still ended up with kind of mixed feelings about it. I can't, I can't quite say that I, that I loved it, even though it was mm-hmm. really good in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think the, the best way I can sort of illustrate that would be to um, tell you the story of my first experience clearing the very first level of the game. One of the things that, that, I, that I remembered from playing the original Dishonored was like they give you that that opportunity to play completely separate games you can just go out and be a super attack uh you know violent use all your powers kill everybody that you see or you can go super stealth and that's that's always been sort of my mo i I love sneaking around and not doing any damage and being super stealthy about things in in the first game it really felt like you needed to commit to one or the other that the game didn't really feel as interesting if you strayed from one of those paths and so i found it you know difficult because it wasn't it was really punishing it felt punishing if you if you didn't if you were going stealth all the way and then oh one person saw you or you accidentally killed one person and you're like oh man i always kind of felt like i needed to start the, the game over like start that level over reload my most recent save so that i could keep my you know perfectionist thing intact Mm-hmm. So I specifically told myself when I started playing this game, okay, remember, remember that and, and don't get too bent out of shape about it. You know, just, just let yourself play the game however you want. And if an accident happens, an accident happens, who cares? Right. Mm-hmm. So I did that and I did, I did really, really well on the, on the first level. And for sure I thought, oh, I, 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 it's perfect. I did perfect stealth. Well, what they've added into this game is like this scoreboard thing at the end of the levels that tells you exactly how close you got to whichever objective it, it thinks you were going for. And so I got to the end of the first level and it shows me the leaderboard screen and I didn't get perfect on either of the things because bodies being discovered, like unconscious bodies being discovered or civilians noticing you, you know, knocking somebody out, those things also count against your stealth. And I had one or two of those in the level. So I just missed, uh, you know, perfect, perfect stealth by like two, two bodies. And I was like, <laughs> so from the end of the first level, I was already in that mode where I was just, you know, felt like I needed to quick save and reload so that I could be perfect about it. Again, I, I realized that I'm lobbying this criticism from a perfectionist standpoint. But again, that's kind of what the game sort of like encourages you to do. And it's very difficult to do that. It's so funny because you saying that makes me think, oh, man, I want to load up this game because now I remember and I want to see if I can get through the first level perfectly <laughs> like <laughs> because it's it's well designed in that way in the fact that I mean, the level design and Dishonored were great, yes. like the original. It was really enjoyable, but it was mostly the same stuff. 
Uh, it had just had a style and character to it, but it, it was kind of the same stuff. The level design in Dishonored 2 starts out sort of the same and then just gets fucking spectacular. Yeah, it gets like, much better. Like, beyond what you think a game like that should be. And it's funny because you were right at the level, I think, when I last checked in. You had just beaten it. But really, I think it really starts to kick in around the Clockwork Mansion. Yeah, which... I would I would say that's definitely... It's arguably the zenith of of the levels. Um, although the one that's right after that, the, the the Dust District, which also had this element of two different... Fa- so it had this element of there was neutral territory and then two different factions and you couldn't venture into their territory. And then every couple of minutes, there was a dust storm that would, you know, obscure your vision with this, with this creepy siren that would, that would blare. So that, that level is also really well designed. There was a time jump level too. That was really cool. Yeah. I mean, I was going to try and find a, a more graceful segue into another thing that I really didn't like about the game, but that was, uh, that, that was one of them. They, they waited until, I think the the end of the seventh or eighth level, and there's only nine nine uh, missions in the game to strip you of your powers. Uh, that thing that we comment on from time to time, but this this way uh, that they did it, I felt was was really well done. And furthermore, I was playing stealth the whole time, and so while they stripped you of some of your, you know, mystical teleportation powers, you could still sneak up on people and, and you know strangle them, and you'd be fine. Um, so you know they they strip you of your powers and they give you this. Um, handheld device that allows you to fan it open and through these panes of glass you can glimpse the past and so you can you can put it right in front of your face and if there's a door there that didn't exist in the past you you see through this little thing and you can see the past and it was really again aesthetically and design wise it was awesome and then you could jump through that tool into that moment in time so as you can imagine they use that for uh, level design and puzzle solving so that you if there was a door that was locked maybe in the past that door was open you could flip to the past walk through it and flip back they give that to you for that level like the end of that level a house in that level and i was like oh man this game just got insanely good like finally like now this game is really i'm really loving this game and then that's it they took it away from you, you never use it again and i was like why <laughs> why did i only get to use that for like 20 minutes <laughs> it was so because cool. it was a specific concept for the level i actually really liked that yeah i just thought it was a, a really good concept in general and i would have loved to apply that in more than just a house well you might be able to do so in their next game coming out yeah maybe what is it? Yeah. like uh, it's like a groundhog day <laughs> game. is it really the one uh, that was in the PS5 preview. Yeah, it's that shooter that like you oh, go yeah. through time. Yeah, it looks yeah. great. That looks really interesting. Uh, I just like, I liked the first game. I, I really started out being kind of fuzzy on this game. Like it just felt like more of the same. And then just like once you hit the new like takes on levels beyond like what you're familiar with, I just thought they just killed it all the way to the end. Like it was just like, what new concept like after the clockwork mansion is essentially just a giant mechanical level of machines that moves around and but it shifts like it's incredible yeah it's, uh, it's all kinda, steampunky it's very steampunk and kind of like uh it's got that sort of had that sort of inception feel where like tables would fold inside themselves and the whole structure of a of a level would change out from underneath you and not only could that would that change the the floor that you were standing on but if you were if you were sneaky about it you could actually jump in between the floors and then you'd get into the machinery behind the levels it was it was pretty fascinating 
Yeah, like those and the the time jump level, uh, those two levels, like there's good shows and then they have like amazing episodes, right? Like mm-hmm. like that elevate the feeling about the show. And I felt that if those two levels didn't exist, I would actually probably feel worse about two. But I felt like they elevated the game and everything that came from them. And after that was just like, I just went straight to the end because I was so in it and by then i had all the tools and stuff and it it was just like they've just really mastered level design like they really have yeah i mean what they're trying to do it's so difficult and they just like they make it variable enough but they they make sure it's contained enough in a way that is very well hidden yeah it is it's very i would think it'd be very tricky when you're essentially what you're saying is here's your objective but how you complete that objective Mm, it's up to you uh and then you play those games and really you know once you've been through a couple of levels you realize there's really only two ways to 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 go through it they're just they're just masking that with you know obfuscation but in this you know there's there's so much randomization creativity you can apply to how you're sneaking up on people whether you're going in from the top the bottom the left the right around the other side of the city or if you do that objective at all and sometimes all that changes is you know, if you talk to one person on one side of the map, then by the time you show up to the end of the map to, you know, uh, take somebody out, they've heard that you were coming. And so they'll prepare for you. Um, you still have to follow the same path, but how you can achieve the objective gets harder or easier depending on what you've done throughout that level. So the, the amount of just custom events, I would think that they'd have to think through, let alone just the actual structure and, and interesting level design in its own right. It's it's just unbelievable on some of the levels in this game. Plus, anything that casts Rosario Dawson does the right thing. <laughs> well, and so you know the, the mechanics in this game, though, too. I also want to throw a lot. Of wait, wait, wait! I had a point there. Yeah, it was fine. I'm just skipping over it. What did um, you think the point was? Oh, that you like the casting. That I thought Rosario Dawson and her character were spectacular. Oh, yeah, I did too. And they added a lot to the game and like the environment and just like her story was really interesting. And that sort of detail beyond like, like this, that's like a, like level design is like a horizontal scope. Right. But this is like a very vertical, uh, like deep cut where you can just kind of go down as much as you want and like figure stuff out. And I thought she just killed it. Like I really liked her character and played the expansion that starred her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was the, you know, I don't, I have no idea if what they did with Corvo this time around was any, any better or worse than, and then the first game, obviously, because you, other than without, without giving everything away, other than the first level of the game, you, you don't come in contact with him. And I assume that if you'd picked him as your primary player, the same thing would have applied to Emily. You just, she wouldn't have been in the game that much. Yeah. Uh, but as far they turn as. They turned into a statue. It's yeah. like, you can, you can spoil that. That's, well, we spoil everything anyway. We do. But yeah, but uh, but I think we should address why you were so dismissive of my Rosario Dawson comment. Because like, <laughs> I thought you were just talking, saying you liked the casting, and it's like, well, they're they're video game characters. You don't you don't see her really. You don't even necessarily know it's her. You no, know, Matt, the game. I can extrapolate too. You're not the only one on this podcast <laughs> who can explain things straight, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, great. So, uh, <laughs> what was the thing I wanted to talk about? Now, now you've got me thinking about it again. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. I wanted to say it wasn't just the uh, like the, the improvement on the level design and sort of the attention to detail did elevate this as you started playing through some of the other levels. But 
you know, even if that hadn't been the case, I, I really felt like they the improvements they'd made to some of the mechanics in the game were much better than in the first game, especially if you took the stealth uh, path, because you know that just just how smooth it is to transition from location to location, and how quickly you have to maneuver. Because the AI in this game is also pretty unforgiving. Um, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, you have to really quickly do these things. So you have to sort of pick your spot, decide what you're going to do. You have to commit to that path, and then you have to try and like execute that path. And if you mess up anywhere along the way, it, it can suck. So every you have to find that one guy that just appeared because he was opening the door down the hallway. Right. (laughs) Along a very well-scripted, somewhat well-scripted, it did really feel like they were kind of doing their own thing. Yeah. Uh, But like a really good example of that is that um, they've, and they're so aware of that being important to the game mechanics that in the beginning, they've got this really good, um, you know, button path from, you know, walking up behind an enemy uh, choking them and you have to hold down the button and it takes time to, to choke them until they pass out. Uh, then you can immediately while holding that button, hold down another button. If what you want to do is pick up the body once you've knocked, knocked them unconscious and move them so that they don't get noticed by another guard and maybe put them in a dumpster or hide them behind a corner. And as you go through the game, you can unlock faster, like doing that faster. So you still, the, the button mechanics are the same, but the speed with which you can transition between those two buttons increases because you know they're, they're aware of that being kind of a, a motivation for moving quickly. So stuff like that, I thought was just like, and it was tiny little details, but every little one that they changed from the first game made it much more enjoyable to play as a stealth character. Yeah, uh, I forget what I did. I guess I could look at my Steam achievements and see, it's been so long, but I definitely... I'm not as good as we learned from, uh, oh, excuse me. Yes. Yawning on the podcast. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Boring. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I don't know who listens to this shit anyway. Uh, hopefully Alex, (laughs) maybe, (laughs) maybe one day, uh, I'm surprised actually that it took you so long to play this game because I had beaten it like near, not on its release, but like maybe a couple months afterwards, I was like, you should play it. And then you didn't. Yeah. Well, you know, other games come out. And once I miss one, it's like, well, the next one takes its spot. That's weird, man. Explain yourself. Um, I can't. Okay. Well, you should stop. (laughs) And you should play these games that I recommend to you. Your life will be more fulfilling. And yeah, so okay, another another one of the ways that uh, I knew that again, this, I feel dismissed. I, I just don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> I want you to say that's a fair point, Kenny. Great, uh, fair point, Kenny. Thank you. Another way that I could tell that uh, this game was good in its own right, but also an improvement on the first, was that I, due to the fact that I'm playing it kind of later in, in the game, the first couple of like playthroughs it was definitely noticeable to me how quickly I should say uh, we've left that era of graphics that Dishonored 2 exists in behind. How many games I've played since then that just, you know, are mind blowing as far as the attention to detail and and just what you can achieve with uh, PCs and video game consoles now. So I picked it up and started playing it. I was like, oh yeah, this is dated. And you can tell right away when you start playing it, there's, you know, a little bit too heavy on the lens flare and the the facial animations are pretty off uh, and the voice acting doesn't always sync up with them. So with all those things, basically in spite of all those things, everything around 
the, the game, all, all the supporting cast of mechanics and level design and pace of play were so good that once you kind of get over that visually, you, you don't notice it again. You're, you're just like, yeah, this game is great. I'm going to keep playing it. So that to me was you know, a testament. There's been a couple of games that are older that, you know, I've gone back to and tried to play now. And it's just, it's so distracting that I can't even, I'm like, yeah, no, not going to do it. And this one didn't have that problem. Yeah. I'm looking through my achievements now and I completed the game without killing anyone. Wow. That's great. I didn't even do that. <laughs> uh, no big deal. Uh, AMA. Uh, let's see. Finish an entire mission with no casualties. I mean, obviously one begets mm-hmm. the other. Yep. Uh, obviously I finished as the, uh, empress which is what we were and uh i forgot one of my favorite things which was figuring out there were these kind of a puzzle almost it was almost like a search puzzle the there's a way to rob black market shops which are essentially stores where you buy upgrades and stuff yeah every single one has a pathway in that you can find to rob it yeah i i found several of them and couldn't get any of the keys or you know small like through the small events or anything i couldn't find a way into i don't think a single one. Oh yeah it's super great the rewards are obviously fantastic <laughs> so i think i robbed i think though i think i looked up on some levels after i had like scoured it i was just like where the fuck is the way in here so i mean credit to you for being a purist but me i i just looked it up at a certain point uh and it was super cool like a lot of them were like oh that makes a lot of sense how you get that um you know those kind of puzzles yeah uh, I really like that concept. I'm trying to think what else I did that was really, it was fun. I liked the, I seem to remember liking the last boss fight a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. It was very, that, it was actually really tricky, the last one. Yeah. Especially I remember it being from, really hard, which is like compared to the first game, was not really hard. Yeah. And it was one of those, one, it was, it was a situation in which if you weren't committed to the stealth approach, I imagine once you get to that final fight, it's actually way easier if you could just run in there, you know, guns blazing or swords blazing in this case, uh, yeah. and, and just, you know, blow everybody up. But if you're committed to the stealth approach and I, I wanted to, I had to assume, I was like, there's gotta be a way that they're going to let me take this boss out without killing them. Um, but it took me a couple of rounds before I could figure out, maybe they're not going to let me do this. And they do, they do let you do it, but it was, it was interesting to figure out how to do it. Yeah. Um, God, yeah, I, the presentation of it too. Wasn't there like a cool distortion or something like that? I'm not being very helpful in this regard. I'm just like, all of this is flooding back to me uh, and all the cool areas that you go to and just like how be, I remember a very vertical hotel or palace that was pretty cool as well. Yeah, so um, yeah, you go to the, the Duke's uh, yeah. palace. Yeah, and that was a great that level was, as well. That was a great mission, and they had some really cool... There were there's sub-quests in the missions, aren't there? Tons, yeah. And like I said, yeah. it's not just about what path you take. It's about what things you've done to aid or subtract from making those things easier. Yeah, and they do a really good job of making those like paths of discovery. Like you said, like those things are just really uh now i know why you don't ask my opinion because i'm just repeating yours in the podcast that's why it's not that i don't ask it it's just that i skip over it it's just that you've heard you've said it already 20 minutes ago the the last anyway boss, the have, last, you, have we talked about the voice cast yet the last boss fight to jar to jar your memory it, you were fighting your witch aunt and right she has the ability to essentially clone herself but also turn people to stone and when you get to the final boss fight, you quickly discover that there's 
and this big open level with weird like shale rocks that are jutting out of the ground in weird positions and you could run up those and and camp on them but there's roughly i want to say 200 stone statues around this level and yeah. i think five of them five of them are clones of her that if you don't find them first and take them out without the other stone statues or her seeing you do that then it will trigger the the battle and they'll come and kill you Oh yeah. So you had to go around this whole level using like watching all these different stone statues and trying to watch them blink or move slightly or fade in and out of, of stone to real to, to notice where they were and one by one, take them out before attacking her as just, just one-on-one. Yeah. And now I remember it being obnoxious. It was, it was hard. It was really crazy. to try really hard. Out. Cause she really notices you quite quickly. Yeah, and most of the statues have, you know, to a certain extent, depending on where you position yourself, line of sight to one of the other statue versions. So yeah. you had to be very methodical about where you positioned yourself and which order you took them out in, because otherwise it was almost impossible. Do you know that there's a path where you complete the game without supernatural powers? No, but that's kind of, that's one of the things that I wanted to sort of ask you about was... I think if there was one, probably the, the biggest amount of shade I could throw at this at this game was that I didn't in any way from the first game feel as compelled to level up my my character. Like I didn't I didn't feel it was necessary to go around and pick up all the runes and pick up all the bone charms or whatever they were called. Because for the most part, other than the blink power, which you get almost you know immediately when you start the game, and blink is just your ability to tra- teleport from one location to the next. Right. Um, I pretty much just used that and then choked people out. So um, I would actually be fascinated to try that because that's the, the sort of game that I played by default. You should. And then you should also try to do it uh, without being spotted. Yeah, well, that would be super. So hard. complete the game without supernatural powers and without being spotted. Those are two achievements. Wow, that's Separate crazy. Achievements. That is so crazy. Especially now that like I know how easy it is for... Anyone, especially so we were just I was just mentioning that that one level where you go into the Duke's palace. It's you know, it's this compound with seven floors and tons of uh cooks, maids, uh people groundskeepers, people all over this place. And I'm so gonna install this after we finish talking about sometimes, it. Sometimes you'll go into a room and there's only one guard. There's only one person you have to take out. But there's four civilians standing around that as soon as you do something, they're going to notice you. Um, so even though I would go through plenty of the levels and I, I, I'd i never killed a single person, um, I was spotted dozens of times. Or they didn't see me take that person out, but I wasn't, you know, I hid their body behind a piano and the maid walked around the piano and saw the body. It's like <laughs> you can't even tell sometimes when they would have seen a body. So it just it just is a hint to you that you didn't hide it good enough, but you don't know which one it was. <laughs> just so you know, clockwork soldiers don't count as kills. No, neither do the the wolfhounds or there's there's something else that I that I figured out sort of through trial and error that also man those clockwork soldiers. It's, I'm glad you mentioned that because I I thought that one uh, really awesome thing you're not expecting that, that made them particularly difficult enemies was just how. <laughs> The, the clever fact that they can see in front of themselves and behind themselves. Yeah. They're like these mechanical soldiers with head, like video camera heads and lights on the front and the back. So unlike every other enemy in the game, if you're taking the stealth path, you can find a way to get up behind them 
you can't do that with the and so the first couple of times you encounter them you're like how did they see me i was i was so stealthy <laughs> and yeah. then you're like oh i they can see behind them i get it <laughs> pretty much a 360 view yeah of the you have to trap them, which is great because, I mean, it pushes you to use things like if you're doing what you're doing, which is hiding and strangling, you have to use traps and bombs and stuff to get rid of them. Well, yeah, I also just uh, I just waited almost every single there was only two that I just avoided because I couldn't figure it out. And I really didn't. The, the traps you had to get so close to use them that it was just like not even worth it. Um, so mine was always just um, just to avoid them. I just never came in contact with them. That's funny. I think when I was in that clockwork level, I must have died hundreds of times and killed 10 of them. Yeah. <laughs> with explosives and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But again, I just thought, what a, what a crazy payoff for such a tiny tweak. You know, all they did was make one enemy that can see behind itself and it, it changes the entire approach and, and way in which you need to, to play that level just because of that one enemy. I was like, that's amazing. Is it weird that talking to you about this also makes me want to play the alien game again? I don't know why I get so excited about this no, only to but that game was only great. to be only to be just completely like, oh, nope, never mind. So, you know, you want a really deep cut? I, I about halfway through the do you know what game I really started getting vibes on from the from playing this? Thief? It was no, no, it wasn't it wasn't what I expected at first. It was it was actually Assassin's Creed, the the first one and the second one. Um Oh, you mean back when you were an assassin? Yeah, but you know, like remember in the Assassin's Creed games where it used to be you had an objective, you, you had one target that was the main target, and you had to like pick and choose how you were going to navigate the world and get to that one point. And there were kind of like there was open world, but there was kind of a bunch of different ways you could approach that enemy. And then you took out that enemy, and that was the level, and it felt like super satisfying and great. Um, it was really great. It was really great, and that you know, it wasn't. There's a lot. There's a lot different. Obviously, they're they're not the same game, but it just it gave me that sort of feeling again, where the the stealth was super purposeful in this game uh from not just the objective but just how you had to navigate the levels like you really had to change how you walked through the level crawled through the level whatever avoiding everything from dogs to people to shop owners to whatever um and you're really most of the time you're trying to incapacitate this one person or learn something from a person and it just felt really similar to sort of the greatness of those those original ac games i was like yeah felt good I mean, the first AC wasn't that great. No, but like, I'm, it conceptually, had, it, it was, was the amazing. potential game. You know, it has the one that showed the. Potential. It, it was the one of the few games where the potential paid off in the sequel. Yeah, like yeah. you're like this could be really great someday. That was fine, and then the sequel came out. And you're like, this is now really great. Yeah. <laughs> and then some other games happen, and we don't talk about it. Um, well, we did actually. We have those episodes. We do. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of at time, dude. Like, great i mean that's that's what i think about the game i thought it was that was great it was great i really like these games in this developer i think they make really good stuff and they just I, in my opinion some of the best level designers clearly people skilled at their craft worked on this game and it has like a really you could tell it's like a love of love letter to thief and stuff it, it always was but it just has such a great style to it like unique to itself i love it and I'm looking forward to what they do, their next game coming out. Yeah. So. Totally. You should buy it. You should, if you like stealth games or Assassin's Creed 2, you should buy this game. Yeah. Like I said, even if it's, you know, it's it's been a while since it's been out, but um, it, it doesn't suffer from that. It needs to have the the best graphics in order for you to enjoy it. It's It still looks great um, and it still plays even better than, than it looks. So 
I would give it a shot for sure. All right. All right. Well, with that, we'll end it here. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Chips and Bits podcast. I've been your host this month, Matthew Anderson. And with me as always, Kenny. Uh, do, we, do we know what we're playing next month yet? Uh, we do. Do we? I think. You know, if we hold on to hope, Matt. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, we're kind of in a... In playing a, the Outer Wilds. Yes. We're playing, we're playing the Outer Wilds. So. A game that we have no clue about. We don't. <laughs> it's so. just like beloved by the press it so is usually those work out pretty well for us generally <laughs> firewatch yeah so um you will you that wasn't to... beloved by the press it it sure was i don't know i think let's let me go check some scores here go back and look um yeah so you'll have to tune in next month to see if we like it uh thanks for listening we love you very much uh take care of yourselves out there and we will talk to you soon wait hold on Ugh. what i'm looking at firewatch their open critic score. Yeah. See? Top critic average 80. 79% of critics recommend. That's not that's not high. Let's I, I remember when it came out, you know, it was an indie developer and every person and their mom was talking about it like it was the next. So Dishonored 2 for comparison has 87% critics recommend and hey. 86 top critic average. Which according to the Chips and Bits podcast is a correct is an accurate assessment so by open critic score 70 percent, 79 percent is uh incorrect but 80 percent and above correct mm-hmm. oh yeah we ended the podcast already didn't we and if you're still listening you really should be a patreon by now so we'll I'll see just, you again I'll next just, month i'll just start this stupid music bye uh, not stupid thank you radio giraffe it's great music it's stupid it, it, that it we use actually, it in the podcast it's really great thank you yeah all right Love you, Matt. Love you, too. intro man i am become intro i am intro greetings let me get my notes greetings i am intro but it's spelled i-n-t-r-0 that's the intro robot name i-n-t like an int r-0 intro so good okay i have thanks for that snort of acknowledgement matt yep okay i am i got my notes i'm ready when you are well you're the intro or i am intro (laughs) greetings (laughs) and welcome